Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of The Main Stand. Uh, I, Pat Willett, would like to formally dedicate this episode to the undisputed greatest footballer of all time, no debates, close book, Lionel Messi. What a campaign. What a performance. What a player. He is etched into the history of the sport forever now. Any any arguments against him are gone. He's the greatest of all time. Argue with your mother because you're wrong. Welcome to the episode, everyone. Welcome to episode 19. That was a that was a great little intro monologue, Pat. Um, this is our holiday episode, I guess you could say as well. World Cup kind of recap as we head into Christmas and the New Year. Uh, what a World Cup final it was, though, boys. And you know, Pat Pat talked about Messi definitely solidified his goat status. But I think you could pro- probably call that game the the goat of World Cup finals. Yeah, I would say so. That's the the best World Cup game I've ever seen. One of the best games of football I have ever seen. Absolute electric factory, start to finish. Mm. It was so unbelievably open, so much fun, and the fact that we had people fly in from Paris to portland maine to watch it with us it's just wild wild that was me and like four people in the bar scattered around rooting for argentina and everyone else in that bar was pro france i could feel it except yeah. the four people wearing messy kits them coming um, here might not have been contingent on the main stand specifically but we did have a good time with the fellow french <laughs> i like to think that they came for us <laughs> it was a good one well let, let's go through the game here really quick and, and kind of do a little bit of a walkthrough of the final here. Um, the first goal, Messi scores a penalty. Pretty soft, in my opinion. It was a weird way to start this final. Um, and I will say, kind of to get in front of this, it was a very well-refereed final. And I think his decisions kind of held up throughout the game. Uh, but to start things off, it was a really sloppy pen given up by none other than Usman Dembele, who was yanked before halftime. One of two players to not get a rating from Leiquip when they did the the ratings for that game. Was Giroud the other one? Yes. Yeah, it's a tough look. Getting yanked at halftime in any game, yet the World Cup Finals, pretty tough. Um, and I, I get we're, we're kind of advancing. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. But um, the tactical changes by Didier Deschamps, I thought were world class. Um, you always kind of have to look at a manager that makes changes before halftime, and it's sometimes they're head scratchers. Uh, the changes he made kind of throughout the game really did set up France um, to put on a comeback. See, I kind of disagree with that, Josh. Really? Um, I, I think the players turned it around themselves. I think mostly Mbappe turned it around themselves. I don't think that France looked any more threatening for 80 minutes of the game. Up until that first Mbappe goal, they they weren't really doing anything. I think France getting back into that game was more of Mbappe refusing to lose a World Cup final by two goals than it was a Deschamps masterclass. They subbed off their target man and they played direct for 70 minutes. To me, it it felt a little, I think Giroud would have being on the pitch would have done the same thing. Maybe, maybe he just wouldn't have had the pace for, to make Emmy produce that probably save of the tournament. One of the game saving save. Yeah, for, for but, sure. I think um, I did like the addition of Colo Muani. Thought he came. Oh, no, he was right. Yeah, I mean, he came on. I know he missed that shot at the end, uh, but he came on and definitely made an impact. I would say, Kanate gets on late. That one's not too big of a change. And Tashuamani or Kamavinga was the one who came on. Kamav- yeah, Kamav- 
Camavinga was the one that came on and and nearing halftime and in outside during the the smoke break with all the French fans, um, they were they were actually talking about Camavinga and how much they would rather see him in that side. And he came on and I thought played a really big part in that midfield, kind of settling things down and and getting the ball forward. Yeah, I, I think it was more of a thing of like I don't necessarily think the changes he made like. They weren't necessarily proactive, but I think the players he took off were really having pretty bad games. That I would agree with. That I would 100% agree yeah, with. I, I didn't think Giroud was offering much, so yeah. my prediction for the final was very wrong. But So probably uh, it's still a net positive. Uh, maybe not like, you know, I don't think, I was probably wrong to say Deschamps' decisions like really changed the game, but it definitely I think uh, the people not being on the field made some sort of a difference. I mean, he took off Robbie out as well, so... There, there was a handful of guys in there that, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, on the on the other end of the coin, too, Scaloni sticking with the game plan for almost 110 minutes, right? He didn't really make a substitute almost the entire game. The, the guys on the pitch really, really did the thing. Most of Scaloni's substitutes were with penalties in mind toward the ends of the game. I think Acuna came on for Tagliafico during extra time, if I'm not mistaken. And then outside of that, I don't think he made a substitution. Dybala at the end yeah he it, it was for penalties and then Acuna came on I mean but outside of that I, I think Scaloni did that really really well I, I don't think that France getting back into the game most managers I think after Mbappe scores that second or even that first maybe make some really like negative defensive changes to try and shore up the back but Scaloni just kind of stuck with the game plan and I think he knew that the guys were were up for it and there was really something special brewing um so Shout out to Scaloni too for, for having a game plan and then really, you know, getting the the entire Argentinian team to see it through to the end of the game. Um, I can talk about Argentina all day. Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk but... about the second goal, Pat, because we didn't we didn't touch on that yet. This was still before halftime. One of the better team goals you'll see, and it was uh, finished off by probably Argentina's best player in the first seventy minutes. And Di, Di Maria, yeah, he was phenomenal. I I, I think that that entire move, start to finish was incredible the little flick from Messi the pass to the the flick from Messi to McAllister the crossfield ball to Di Maria unbelievable finish from Angel who you know cashed in his one goal a tournament in major tournaments for Argentina scored the game winner in the Copa America scored the second goal in uh in the World Cup final uh you know I, I wish that there was a camera just a side note too I wish there was a camera on Di Maria for the entire 120 minutes because that man was on an emotional roller coaster for that entire game. I mean, yeah, it, it's tough to watch a game from the sidelines, especially when it goes that late, too. Yeah, it, it, un, you know, unbelievable performance, I think, from the entire Argentinian team. I thought Romero and Otamendi were pretty decent at the back. I think Romero was the better of the two on the night. I was impressed with Tagliafico. I was impressed with Molina. Uh, I thought specifically Fernandez and McAllister had really, really good games in the midfield for Argentina. I think that Di Maria was the best player alongside Messi for a majority of the game. I think yep. the work that Messi did with the ball, his ability specifically in that game to really run at defenders, open up space was great. I think his playmaking was phenomenal. Um, and then just the determination to get Argentina's third goal. He you know, refused to lose that game. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have enough positive things to say about Lionel. Yeah, I mean you can't say much better about him because he, he did have like kind of the perfect game. Um, and it was all Argentina kind of for the first, you know, 80 minutes or so. 
I, I turned to you once at the bar, actually, Pat, you know, in jest and was like, this is the worst World Cup final ever. Yeah, and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, it was going to extra time because Mbappe scored two quick well, ones. Pat was having the time of his life. You know, Argentina is going to win the World Cup, you know, two, two goal lead with 10 minutes left. And I was like, dude, this is the worst World Cup final ever. You know, we have to put an asterisk next to Messi's name because he won the world's worst World Cup of all time. And then 10 minutes later, I was screaming with the French, you know, saying, this is the best World Cup ever. Um, and it was, because Mbappe magic. Not only the penalty, but the second goal, um, that's a, a goal that's going to be ingrained in finish. my mind for probably all of eternity. How low he got to the ground on that finish was absolute techers. Mm, and the ability yeah, to, to power it past the keeper from there is just unbelievable. But yeah, in, was, so while that was going on, I turned I turned to Trav and was like, okay, so I said 2-2 going into this game. It's going to Penn's. 88th minute, we're going to get a goal. And then lo and behold, Tra like when, when that happened, he just kind of looks at me. I looked at the two of you, and Josh is going berserk. The, the 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 comeback from from France to to really buckle down and make it a game that late in a World Cup final, I think just reignited so much passion and and it actually made it quite a bit more open through the um, through the the extra time period, which set up for a really really exciting finish. Yeah, and then you know the big man for the occasion, Emmy Martinez saves a pen. They missed the second. And Argentina are, you know, perfect from the spot and doing it 4-2 on pens, right? 4-2, 4-3, 4-2. 4-2. And, and yeah, that was it. That's all she wrote. Uh, yeah. France, um, France on pens, I had a couple objections with that. I think putting Tishuamani up there so quickly. I think there was other probably guys on the field that could have gone up there and taken that kick. Um, but Emmy's a really tough – we know he's a tough um, shot stopper in shootouts. We've known that, I think, Liverpool Arsenal a couple years ago. Mitch in the Community Shield, he saved a couple. He saves penalties at Aston Villa, Copa America. You name he was it. the hero he's against a, the Netherlands. He's a big man, yeah. So, it's always going to be a tough challenge for the other side. I think Hugo Lloris had a shocking, uh, you know, five penalty save it or four penalty save attempts. The messy one, the messy penalty really wasn't a good one from him. He really kind of just dribbled it down the middle, and Lloris is just Lloris could have probably first. had time to stand up and re-save it. Yeah, it, Lloris moved first. That's kind of been Messi's thing. He missed that first one against Saudi Arabia, and then he went to that like run that I think Neymar taught him—the slow run up, and he just waits for the keeper to move. Yeah. Uh, did 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 three Argentinian penalties go right down the middle? Two of them. Two, Two of them. Nibala and Messi went straight Messi. down the middle. It just. For for Hugo, who has a little bit more experience, that you 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 kind of think that calm veteran presence would bode well in a situation like that. But clearly, uh, Emmy just wanted it wanted a little more with the hand hand of uh, God, I guess, or hand to God, as he Larissa, showed everybody. Uh, Larice has got a little bit of that Spurs in him, you know. Like it's it's tough to count on him in a Cup final penalty shootout. Yeah. Take Loris out of Spurs, but you can't take the Spurs out of Loris. That's the fact. Before we uh, get into more kind of Argentina, you know, the after kind of things that happened in this game, we did talk about me and Pat Mbappe last week and kind of where a victory would put him on the Parthenon of, of players, kind of of all time. 
even though he comes out a loser here, a hat trick in the World Cup final, that boosts his legacy up is probably as high as it could go with a loss, right? Oh yeah, he he is next up, I think, for our generation. I think I think it's really going to be Mbappe and Holland, and then I think if you watch the game, you'll understand that Mbappe is the all around better player. And this is coming from someone who can't wait to sing the Holland song when he starts scoring <laughs> goals again in a couple of weeks. But no, I, I do I do really think that this sets Mbappe up quite nicely. I would be very surprised if by the end of his career, he wasn't the all-time leading goal scorer in the World Cup by 10 or 11 goals. Yeah, he's so good, man. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, um, he's unbelievable. To have 12 World Cup goals by 23 in two World Cups is is definitely not something to to scoff at. Um, yeah. Dalton, uh, too, going around saying he scored four goals. Uh, that while while that was funny and sarcastic, to put three penalties past Emmy Martinez in the same game is pretty impressive. It's tough. It's tough. Mbappe had a great game. I think he really was the only player on that French team that like refused to lose. He has a certain je ne sais quoi about us, mm. you know. Yeah, that's a deep cut. Those of you that were there yes on Sunday know exactly what we mean. Um, switching gears a little bit here, just to go back to Argentina. Um, before we talk about the celebrations, because there were a lot of them, uh, <laughs> Good and bad. this tournament, uh, another record was actually set by Lionel Messi. Did you guys know that? Which one, Pat? Only player to score in every single stage of the World Cup ever. That's pretty impressive. Third Cup game, too? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Scored it, Scored in every stage of the, well, the, of the finals. You know what I mean? Group yeah, stage, yeah, yeah. round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinal, final. Yeah. Scored in... All of them. So that's a uh, very, very impressive. Also very deserved gold ball, might I add. Um, mm-hmm. I also went two for three with my, with my world cup predictions at the start of the tournament. You did. This you is did. True. This is true. Something, something neither of us can say. However, I will say that seeing just Argentina celebrate on the pitch after the game, the picture of Messi <laughs> up in the air with, hundreds of thousands of people around him it's pure renaissance it's pure art it, yeah, it's art. it was art. it was one of those pictures you just kind of look at and just like digest for a while yep I, I i found myself like that's what i was looking at while pat's falling asleep driving driving home i'm just like staring at like pictures of fucking messy just it, it's not it, it doesn't seem real it's like it, it's a it's got that dream feel to it it's like mm. this is this is a piece of history and when you when you look back on the game 40 50 years from now and you see those pictures it's going to have those same feelings that we see when we see pele in world cup pictures and and these huge big moments and it just mm. it feels it felt so special it felt different and it felt it felt deserved it was a fairy tale ending for for Lionel. uh yeah. Also, shout out my guy Sergio Aguero. Was he was on say, the pitch. You have to talk about Aguero <laughs> immediately. At now we can talk about the celebration. So Aguero on the pitch, like almost seconds after the final whistle blew, he's down there in an Otamendi kit, in like hugging the players, like immediately after the penalty shootout. Uh, apparently, he was offered a spot as an assistant coach on the official Argentinian refereeing team, or not refereeing, coaching team. So he could get a medal and he declined because he, you know, isn't actually a coach and 
if he's going to get a World Cup medal, I think he wanted to get it the right way. But I, I have, I have my Sergio Aguero pictures um, with a World Cup now. He might as well have had shin pads on. Is that was it? Uh, John Terry that did that that one time. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he said. But <laughs> uh, dude, I, I just could not be happier seeing him in in all of the celebrations. Um, when you look back on that iconic Messi moment that Mitchell was talking about, with with Messi being lifted up, carrying around the World Cup. He's on Aguero's shoulders, so you know he is right. Was it Aguero's shoulders? He's I on Aguero's see. shoulders, right there, thick of it. Uh, it's. I was really, really fucking overcome with emotion when when Argentina won that World Cup. I just, I love all those guys. I love that team. Emmy is king of shit housing, and I loved his celebration when he won the Golden Glove. I just that was that Argentina funny. team that was pretty was funny awesome. in a country yeah. that claims to to hate everything like that for him to just pretend it was his dick it's hard not to laugh at that that's comedy i uh oh well i lost my fucking train of thought guys thanks adhd shout out adhd um no it was carry on carry on sorry boys it'll come back to me right after we stop the celebrations yeah. were really good. I think the parade after yesterday, I think it was, was unbelievable. Two million people, I think they said, was in were in Four. Buenos Aires. Four. Double it. Yeah, and people were. They had to cut the parade short and take them via helicopter because people were jumping off bypasses into the open top buses. So that's crazy. Yeah, they, they anything for a picture for the rest. So anything for a picture. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Uh, yeah, the moments after the game were were absurd. I think that moment where the last penalty goes in and then Messi just like drops to his knees and is crying happy tears. It's going to be another moment that just, just chills every time I think about it. Yeah. The the whole game, it, it was just magic and it was deserved. It genuinely was deserved. Yeah, for sure. A couple negatives. I mean, I think we all can, me and Pat were talking about this before. Can we all just say fuck Salt Bay one time? For agree. Fuck Salt Bay. I saw that today. Dragging his little ass around the field. I got heated about that, and I forget what player tweeted it out, but I agree with every single letter that was put into that tweet. Fuck that guy. He is so undeserving of touching that that trophy. Yeah. He shouldn't be able to. Exactly. I thought, too, and we can um, – I, I want to get your guys' kind of overall thoughts on the tournament, too, but first – it's kind of like a consistent thing we've saw in Qatar. They have to somehow get themselves in it a little bit. Throwing the black shawl thing on Messi before he lifts the um, the trophy. He's the first ever person to lift the, lift the trophy that had something else on besides just the country's uh, kit. I thought that was pretty classless from Qatar. It's, it's another way for them to just throw their hat in something that's yeah. not relevant to them. Kind of, you know, when when we see him lifting that first trophy, we're never going to see it with just the iconic, yeah. you know, Argentina 10 kit in Messi's hands. It's going to have, be like covered by by the shawl. I mean, I get it, I guess. Or just an Argentinian like, flag even. Like, right. your own colors. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with Josh. It was a little, a, a little unneeded from Qatar there. Um yeah, but tournament as a whole, Josh, to just kind of pivot over to, yep. to that, I I had a lot of fun watching this tournament. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was a pretty good World Cup. Those just enough upsets. We got our real Cinderella story in Morocco. You know, shout out to them too. They put really put African football on their back. They, they showed everybody that teams from that country can compete and, you know, stop writing us off because we're going to 
yeah. come through. And we're going to beat a lot of the best teams in the world. They're going to beat Spain. They're going to beat Portugal. They're going to beat Croatia. Or not beat Croatia. They lost to Croatia. They're going to beat Brazil. Sorry, but yeah, un- Croatia at least. Unbelievable tournament from Morocco too. So I was really happy that we got like a good underdog story through the through this tournament yep. as well. It was really fun to be able to root for Morocco as long as I did, and you know, just really enjoy seeing them them play the ball that they did. And then you know, other just like shocks that happened in the tournament. No Germany getting out of the group stage. Just, just all that stuff. I thought it had just enough drama yeah. where it was really fun and it had the ending that I wanted. So I give this World Cup a eight and a half out of ten. I like that. Uh, very similar to Pat, my response. I, I think I would trade Morocco for Japan. You know, Japan was my team kind of through and through, which was just awesome to watch them. I think they're going to be a team to look out for here in the, the next couple of cycles. Um, it was a really good, really good tournament. A lot of goals. Uh, there, kind of at the beginning, it was a little bit slow, but it definitely picked up. Um, I think there was 172 goals at the tournament, which is the most I believe in like 20, 30 years. Um, so that that was all good. The knockout games were really good. Uh, drama to the last minute. I think FIFA's crazy if they go to three team groups in 2026 because those simultaneous games on match day three were unreal, uh, unrivaled. But yeah, mm-hmm. really good tournament. I think the there definitely was still controversy surrounding it. I think that knocks a few points off for me, but um, we moved past it, and we're uh, we're now focused on the United States in 2026. Sorry for the technical difficulties, folks. Um, as I said, on to 2026, decent World Cup. Uh, Mitch, do you have any overall thoughts? Yeah, no, I uh, I, I agree there. That like the. I mean, are are we talking just on field rating? On field rating, I give it a an eight. Off field rating, I'm gonna give it a solid four and a half. We'll we'll balance it out at a at a seven. I think I think we'll balance it out at a at a six and a half seven for a total World Cup score. Um, I just think there was a lot outside of the game that shouldn't have happened. Um, and I think on the field that we've we've really kind of talked about was phenomenal. It was a lot of fun drama, and I'm glad we got to take time to enjoy football. And I'm glad that the quality of play was better than I think some of us thought it would be going into it with yeah. all of the players wanting to boycott and things like that and team just not wanting to, to be there. I think the quality of play we got was a lot better than I think I had anticipated. Yeah, I can agree with that, actually. I kind of took the off-field stuff um, out of my initial rating. Which is fair. So, the play, yeah. I mean, and the, on the play factor, I think it was a good World Cup. Yeah, phenomenal World Cup on, on the field, yes. I do want to my, – my final kind of goodbye point here is um, just the viewership ratings came in for the final in America. Mm-hmm. I think they're worth touching on. 20 – Six million, I think, people watched it um, overall across Telemundo um, and Fox. That's more than Georgia Na- Georgia versus Alabama last year in college football, the national title game, more than any World Series game since 91, and more than any NBA Finals game since Game 7 of 2016. Uh, Love that. Yeah, and that's 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Talk about off-peak timing. Yeah. Uh, we all, we're only going up, boys, in terms of audience, in terms of listeners, people who watch. I'm really excited for the World Cup, the um, mm-hmm. one in America. 
Yeah. yeah. And I am it's too. only gonna only gonna get better too, uh, especially with uh, what we got going on. What is it next year or two years? For what? What is it? The is it Copa? Uh, two. Two years. Or one and a half, I guess maybe because it's yeah. in the summer. But so yeah. I think I think just with that two year cycle <laughs> leading up to uh, a World Cup in North America for 2026. It's going to be electric. Yeah, we're going to win the Copa the America. players too, we so saw this, cool. this year. Us versus Argentina in the final. Mm. <laughs> Lionel Messi's real last dance because he said he's going to stay on with the national team a little longer. Yeah, yeah, I thought about this today too, and I didn't mention it. He's going to play in another World Cup, isn't he? No, I don't think so. He's playing two more years at PSG. So I think he'll call it after two. I can see it'll be 37. He'll, do you think you'll play in another Copa America? Yeah, he'll play in the Copa yeah. America and he'll call it a day. Well. Or he won't. I don't know. I would love to see a 39-year-old <laughs> Lionel Messi at the next World Cup. Imagine that. I mean, Imagine if he wins a World Cup at 39. My agenda is just furthered. Put him on the TB12 method and we'll see him playing in, in two more World Cups. I think the ultimate test to Messi should be he has to go on like a strict cocaine diet and see if he can replicate Maradona's. <laughs> That's the only way he'll reach like the pinnacle of sport, I think. <laughs> That's wild. Right. That's wild. Um, but we digress from international football. Uh, Liverpool, Man City. It takes place tomorrow, the day you guys are listening to this episode. Oh, shit. Uh, we have no we have no prep on that. It's a Carabao Cup game. A lot of players are going to be missing. It's a crapshoot of who could win that. Uh, but we're back for Boxing Day on Monday next week. Premierly or next week, there's going to be a break. But we are going to be dropping content, probably some match reviews, everything like that. And we're back the following week with a full Premier League episode as we get things cooking in the winter, in the new year, and yeah, ne- yeah the next real main stand episode will be out in the new year. In 2023. So, you know, with that being said, all of you listening, have a very happy holiday. Happy New Year. Keep rocking with us in 2023. We'll yes. we'll keep coming with the content. World Cup out. Back to club football, baby. Leo Messi's the GOAT. Yes, sir. Deuces. Peace. <laughs>